1: plushcare.com slash weight loss The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power For exclusive content from their GA Ambassadors and other
2: high profile contributors check out news.paddypower.com
0: I'm not finished yet it took me a long time to get here
1: Both parents have, have spoken with each other and uh and um, they regret what happened. They had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas, he get such a sh*t shot
0: next Saturday evening that we will put him back in their f-ing asses for ten years.
2: Welcome along to the G.R. This is the football show. Myself, Connor. And Conan are here in studio. So this is it, lads. We're finally here. We've branched away from the Hurling Snobs. They have their own show. It was out yesterday. It's doing really well. We might stick it out on a Wednesday um, in future. And we're hitting football. So on TG4 this weekend, we've Dublin Monaghan, um, TG Catter. That's the big one on Sunday. And on Saturday night, the big one is Mayo Roscommon. And that's on Air Sports. So we're right back into it. We've matches on Saturday and Sunday. It's a great time to be alive as a GA fan. I just have to worry and we talked about this on the football show about this ticket price increase because I want to get your thoughts on this we know what's after happening we know it's a 33% increase if you pay on the gate uh, for the National League we know it's a 25% increase if you pay online. It's gone from 12 up to 15 and at the gate it's gone up from 15 up to 20 So John Horan says it's the first raise in eight years. John Fogarty disputes that and I'll read out some of the stats on that in a minute. I just can't, I, I, I can't understand why it's so high and I can't understand from an economic point of view because on the hurling side of it you could quite understand an increase. Hurling's never been better at the elite level now it's not exactly doing brilliant when you look scratch below the surface of the glamour nine teams but in football attend- TV attendances are way down uh, attendances at matches are way down right so I own a restaurant in Leash. if we start losing our crowd in Leash, in La Lola in the restaurant would the worst thing for me to do be increase the price or decrease yeah. the price no just genuinely from a from yeah. a business point of view when things aren't going well you might want to throw a special offer and they've admitted things aren't going that well by trying to bring in new rules to improve the game how they see it not how Conan sees it how they <laughs> yeah. see it but genuinely whatever any other argument you want from an economic business point of view this is just dumb
0: Yeah like that's and I agree as much as I dispute the rules say. Like um, they have formally admitted that there's a problem with the game and it needs to change and they have a whole committee looking at that and then proposing drastic rule changes to change the game and at the same time up in the prices now. You're. It's funny you say about the sort of the, the restaurant you're talking about. I know a guy who an off license, and he said they couldn't get rid of this wine that they had, so they actually upped the price. And made that. it a luxury oh, product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well
2: that's a different <laughs> it's argument. Wine, though, it's wine. Yeah. So and it's I don't going. want any uh, yeah. examples to back up a point against me. I want examples <laughs> yeah. to back up my own point. But that's fair enough. Yeah, you make the wine more expensive; people think it's lovely. Yeah. But I take. I do take that. Uh, that's fair enough. But at the same time, i d- it <laughs> It, it doesn't make sense and the one big example you'll put on this the Ulster Council got greedy last year right and we know Ulster's fanatical support we know this from the McKenna Cup final last week it was 11,000 they're fanatical yeah. I think most fanatical province in the country the way the, how serious they take football and the fans and everything they increased their Ulster Championship tickets last year there were 35 they were more than anyone else and attendances were down it's not rocket science yeah. here don't do it don't be stupid
1: yeah that's it and like uh, the GAA as they've done in a couple of years have kind of done a bad PR job of, of it as well in trying to explain it I mean I think Dick Clarkson was kind of rolled out across the media this week trying oh. to explain that like uh, an All-Ireland final isn't in place for 8 year olds and stuff like that and then comparing the price of GAA matches to other sports which is not the way to go like uh, you just have to look at it is it value for money and with everything that's gone on in Gaelic football particularly rule changes everything that they're trying to do as you said admitted that it's not a good product at the moment so like why would I be paying extra extra money yeah. to, to go see these games and I suppose the thing is is John Horn has tried to sell it as we need this money we're putting all this money back into club redevelopment grants but if you look at it in a cynical way the GA is a voluntary organisation it's those members that are paying for those tickets so you're essentially charging those members more money to just give it back to them Yeah. so I don't know I th- like it just it struck me like when I kind of look at these things I don't really have a value system but I, 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 off the top of my head I know what's good value for money and what's not and some of the prices that were thrown out there 90 quid for an All-Ireland ticket, especially for somebody under the age of 16 sounds exorbitant to me. Um, You know, a league game for 15 quid doesn't sound too bad. But then going back a couple of months, 25 quid to go see the Cork County final. And I just think it's like the timing is all wrong considering where football is at. Just the start of the league, it strikes a negative note when they could have been positively promoting it.
2: Cheddar made the point yesterday, he said, actually it contradicts that one, for an All-Ireland final. A huge showcase event. Now, I do take your point on underage. Yeah, he's not as he's not as concerned about that because that's a huge, massive thing, and you get value for money yeah. in comparison to other sports. I know we probably shouldn't compare because some people like to compare to other sports at, at certain times, and then say you can compare to other yeah. sports if yeah. it doesn't suit them. But definitely the national eaglets. So, like, I mean, you go in there for twenty quid instead of fifteen in the cold and the rain to watch to watch your county you know and you're not it's already kind of acknowledged that this isn't that's not great and now you know the hand pass rule which I think would have maybe spiced it up a little bit that's gone the idea that the the other four are in but only on trial so none of the managers are going to be in any way concerned about uh, creating a game plan around the attacking mark because what's the point they're only going to have to scrap it come uh, championship anyways I think when the hand pass rule was abandoned the other four don't need to be trialled they're not contentious nobody's even opposing them just let them in for the championship or else what's the you know Mm. it's like you're losing another year on them the the other four have universal pretty much approval right like you don't hear like I think the attacking mark on its own once managers start actually thinking about it could actually end defensive systems because what's the point in having zonals if somebody marks it you're better off put pressure on the lads kicking it in rather than leave an easy good diagonal pass look at Rian O'Neill for Armagh you give him space there yeah. you can have all the sweepers you want he's going to stick that on someone's chest
1: do you think do people you know, will use the advanced mark tactic during the league though when it's not going to be an entity come to championship I don't think so
2: I think, it, I think it'll happen just because kick passes going to happen yeah, yeah, but I yeah. don't think strategies will be no, developed around so that. and that's, that's really unfortunate because mm. that's kind of a huge dynamic I would love to see in the championship
0: mm, that's what I was saying about uh, Aidan Like suddenly he could end up being a, a full forward do you know I know he goes into Full forward a lot But he could end up Being there for most of the game If the attacking mark was in And he's winning ball Underneath the post And winning 20 yard frees Every time Yeah, Which he'd pop over And like he's not coming back down And getting the shit kicked out of him When he comes back down yeah. and He just gets the free And gets the score That's but the thing So there's a whole Attacking game plan You can develop around this and I
2: can't see that happening like the, the last mark that Tyrone got against Armagh that was just like a ball by Kyle Coney it, it mm. was just that was his he just made that up it wasn't like a strategy <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. and yeah. it actually should have been a free out because who was the one that caught it Ry- McCurry he took so long over it you're only meant yeah, to have a yeah, short yeah, yeah, period yeah. of time but I think that's a great exciting element on the game it'll be ignored in the league outside of one or two per game even in the in the pre-season competitions I think the stats were it was averaging at like three per game three yeah, you know and that's for both teams that's not much no, you know so like I mean it is a pity but just to get back to the ticket prices so this is what John Horan said and like I mean I don't know, is John Horan being a little bit disingenuous here when he says this or is he, he says, right, so the decision to raise tickets came about because we made a commitment to increase the the revenue to club development grants from two million to four million over a four year period. Right. So over a four year period. So you're talking about 500,000 per year. Um, so it's four so it's four half millions over a period of four years that revenue had to be found we're very tight on our administration costs and the other grant structures here the only way we could actually come up with the money is to actually raise tickets we also promised out international units and we were look at the funding for their boards right that's neither here nor there but here's one thing tier two competition why don't you sell that why don't you sell your highlights rights to more, more broadcasters than just two there's mm. loads of ways you can come up with the money rather than pass it on to, to people you know that, that might not even bloody have it the, peop- the, 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 the grassroots the people that keep the whole thing alive like so he was saying that this has not there hasn't been an increase since 2011 John Fogarty in The Examiner had a very good piece yesterday and he said it's actually eight years since the GEA conducted a price review not a price increase so John Horan I think he's playing with with words right. here you know like and he's been misleading because John Fogarty says in 2011 league tickets were reduced from 15 to 13 and stand admission to all our finals rose from 70 to 80. In two thousand and fourteen, pre-purchase league tickets for Division One and Division Two, and in football and Division One A and One B in hurling, were made available at ten. Three years later, the pre-purchase price rose to twelve, and those bought on the day returned to fifteen. In two thousand and sixteen, standard admission to Division One and Two final double header rose from twenty-five to thirty-five. That's the on the day price to fund the post-match to fund the post-match hundred-year commemoration of the nineteen sixteen rising. The following year, the double header final ticket was thirty. In 2017, stand and terrace tickets for all in quarter final and semi final tickets were hiked by five euros. Yeah. So he's like, there's been a whole lot of playing with prices, whether a slight drop or an increase in the last since 2011. And John Horne is trying to say this is the first time since 2011. And I think cynically saying that this money's going back to the clubs because when you say that, you hear a lot of people say, "Oh well, look, it's going back to the clubs. Mm, yeah. We'll find That's it for somewhere else if I you're know, going yeah. back to yeah. the clubs." Like the GPA get funded four million a year. Yeah. Like cut that by two million, cut that by five hundred thousand every year. We know about their wages. Why? What's wrong with cutting that? Why are the people paying in at the gate being charged extra? See, there's other ways of doing it and or,
0: uh, improve your bo- broadcast rights. Yeah. deal. and then, well, as Connor says, it's it's paid by the clubs, for the clubs. So why don't we just take all that out and just let the clubs keep their money? Donate like, five yeah. to your club. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? And like why, why am I sending it to the GA and hoping that they'll give it but back? Cut out the middleman. Didn't yeah. he
1: say something about the price had to go up in fives because we didn't want to be do- dealing in two year and euro coins at the gate or something like that yeah well, we know about those bags of ah, coins I used know. to be thrown <laughs> over the <laughs> wall I know I'm not going to mention the situation in Galway now but uh, I think but that happened in Leash before too there was a bag of coins
2: found out the back
1: of yeah. <laughs> but but to say that you have to cut costs and then to say oh well we can't be dealing with two euros and three euro you know it has to be done in fives that's just I don't know I think the GA when they give out about cost cutting like likely or not they have a reputation outside of the GAA as a grab-all association and I, I don't think it's fair in a lot of places I don't think that's times. fair no. no because most of it does go back to the clubs but just as a look as a like a as a kind of PR move I think the, the GA talking about penny pinching doesn't look good but
2: that grab-all association is used by soccer fans and rugby fans mm. because of pure jealousy of the GA yeah. facilities yeah. and they look at, they look with envy at what the GAA has and they, like I don't criticise the GA on the finances that often because they do put an awful lot of the money back in into the clubs and that's yeah. why GA clubs are the envy of every other sport in the country it's, like it's to be very very mm. proud of but I think this hike is too high that's yeah. my, it's yeah. too high and it's at a time where the product isn't probably worth exactly. that that's my argument it, and, and from
0: a business point of view like whatever about like the optics of it being a you know, business like, you know, from a business point of view supply and demand like this, like if the stadiums were all full Hmm. Then you can increase it and say Well everybody wants a ticket So we're going to put it up The same with an all-in-final That's why people don't have As much as a gripe And that's why Cheddar's talking about that There's such a demand People will pay whatever it takes yeah. To get an all-in-final yeah. Not for a league game
2: Yeah no that's it And another thing just quickly On those trials with the hand pass gone We're not going to spend long on this But trials of this nature Can't come again for another five years Brilliant So, but That's a terrible <laughs> opportunity miss So this was voted down from 20, 25 to 23 At Central Council it's terribly disappointing that this was just a trial. Mm-hmm. This can't be done now for five more years. I think that's a disgrace. Yeah, That's only a league. I didn't I didn't realise this. I was like, now next year at least they might be able to put in a restriction on coming back. So we won't be able to do that trial but maybe they can actually just force us straight through without a yeah. trial which is what I think. May- we'll see how this year goes. I think it's very, very disappointing I keep saying it. They were actually wasting a year. So say this at Mark they won't create strategies around it but we've lost another year now by not yeah. putting this in for the championship and I do accept the hand pass one not going into the championship because it was a fairly it was a fairly big you know thing to get your head around I was absolutely in favour of that being trial but give me a break the sin bin it's a no brainer the kick out nobody nobody's even complained about that the advance mark throw an extra dynamic onto the game and what, what's the other one sideline or oh, the sideline yeah. forward nobody do they need to be trialled they're not yeah. difficult I, rules I'd say
0: three of those don't the advance mark is a bit like you know you're talking like you saw Kieran McGinney talking about the time wasting in the Tyrone game and then just the change of the advance mark to that inside the 45 there's a couple of handy frees being given out so it does just change things a bit drastically the others like a penalty spot or the advantage mark you know all these things that have been just put with. them in yeah, yeah. like yeah. the other ones are grand I yeah. think that's a pity does
1: the five years mean as well that like come the next five years they feel like they have to come up with a number of rules that have to be be trialed oh as opposed God! To I don't to, you know, know. That's the thing, and like rather than distilling it down to one or two rules that you know will actually work, they feel like they have to throw enough shit in the wall that what well, some of it will stick. Like, yeah, so, yeah, it is a pity. Yeah.
2: Okay. Right. We'll come back
1: and we will look ahead to the
2: league.
0: <laughs> Bad boss, We work as a policeman at Garda-Shaykhana down the Store Street, and I'm coming back out and there's a cohort of loyal Tyrone fans still up in the stand as you come back out. And they're roaring to me, i you
1: a free state bastard. <laughs> 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 and,
0: and, and, and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up
1: here. <laughs>
2: We're going to start with Division One, lads. And Paddy Power has League Champion odds: Dublin eight to fifteen. No surprises there. Next best is Kerry at thirteen to two. Tyrone eight to one. Mayo nine to one. Everybody else after that. So, like, I mean, Mayo have picked their team. This is brilliant. Well advance, so I think yeah. we're going to start with Mayo because, else, I hate league previews. I say it every year. Like you're, you've nothing to go on outside of last year because you start reading in. Like, how can you talk about Dublin based on the Ubern Cup they played their third <laughs> team. Like, I mean, you know, nothing to go on. But Mayo have given us a team, so we're going to start there. And they have two. Uh, it's a pretty strong team, to be fair. Um, they have two debutants, Brian Reap and Connor Diskin, in the full forward line, a full forward and a corner forward. Talk to me about these two, uh, Connor. It's good to have you here today.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. It was exciting to see because, like, I suppose what's happened the last few years is that lads have been given a trial, maybe in the FBD. But when, it, when it has come to the league, we've gone back to the established players. And while that is the case again here, at least there's just like excites Mayo fans, to see something new. But are um, you excited about these two? Yes, rads? I am. I yeah. I like I've seen. I I would know. Um, I would have played against Brian Reap quite frequently. He's um, he actually uh did plenty of damage against us in the twenty seventeen intermediate final that I would have talked about uh last couple of years. But uh he's been in around the setup for a long time, was part of the um under twenty one team that won in twenty sixteen. Full forward, strong, mobile, can kick off both feet, not the fastest, but well able to win his own ball and loves a goal. I mean like first, the first ball he got against Leitrim the FBD bet two men and stuck it into the top corner and Mayo Jesus. fans are thinking Jesus what's going on here but then was uh, scored three points from play against Galway as well um, Has there's always been like we've, we've kind of been waiting for Brian Reid to come so I think hopefully this will be his chance and this will be his very year very um, Conor Diskin then uh, was on the Mayo under 20 team last year um, but the thing about Connor Diskin is that he's really physically well developed already very strong powerful runner um, again, well able to win his own ball I haven't seen as much of Conor Diskin Only kind of little bits at club level And what I saw with the under-20s last year But from what I've heard He's been making a really good impression in set up so far as well right. So, But is he a heavy um, scorer? I don't think he's a heavy scorer right. um, Not not prolific Like a re- reasonably decent scorer Club level He often, like Clare Morris won the under-21 championship there Um, A couple of months ago, and he was playing midfield for Morris So, well, that's probably because of his size as much as anything else, especially at that level. Yeah. Um, But I suppose the good thing about it um, for for Saturday is that they're. They're not being given. They're not being kind of thrust into a forward line that is is completely inexperienced. I mean, the half forward line is Aiden O'Shea and Jason Doherty and Fergal Boland, who has been very good in the in the couple of FPD. He's got loads games well. of
2: chances, but he can't make the championship team. I don't think he's a top level we'll winning all Ireland wing forward. Well,
1: we'll see because like in 2016 was his chance. Um, he played really well in the league and started in championship, and then just kind of faded out. Or maybe it's 2017. Now, just the bits I've seen and the bits I've heard so far is that he's been. And I suppose, like, it's really hard to tell because everybody is apparently going well in January. But the bits I have seen of him, he is going well. So, um, again, hopefully he'll, he'll get a decent chance to kind of establish himself in that forward line. But yeah. again, it, it could be his kind of last chance, as you say.
2: So, Rob Henley's back in goals. I don't know what to read into that. So, he, I thought he was the goalie for James Horne. I'm trying to think back. Definitely was down in Limerick with that free Aller and Final 2013. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean this is again interesting David Clark was the media darling probably for two years there under Rochford and got two All-Stars when really Cluxton should have got one of them but like I mean I don't know I don't know why you even brought that one up but maybe The All-Star
0: selection is a joke isn't
2: it? But it's a very strong Mayo, Mayo team Henley Ona Donahue Brendan Harrison Keith Higgins Lee Keegan Colin Boyle Paddy Durkin Dermot O'Connor Donald Vaughan and then we mentioned the forwards Fergal Boland Aidan O'Shea Jason Doherty Evan Regan Brian Reap Connor Diskin If Brian Reap makes it a full forward Andy Moran might be looking at an impact silver or something Yeah I think potentially yeah. Potentially but you
1: know Just the other thing I'm looking forward to is Dermot O'Connor in midfield Um like that's where he would have played kind of underage for Mayo and he was that's a no brainer now he, ha- he
2: did play against Kildare midfield yeah, last well, year but that was
1: the only real time he got to play midfield last year and he was outstanding um, at for Ballantubber when they won the county and went on into Connacht as well so just to see him just hoping he's given an extended run of games um, at midfield and I say like James Horn is is a fellow Ballantubber man as well so he's like, well aware of his potential in that position too so that's what I'm like of all things about Mayo in the league that's what I'm looking forward to seeing most
0: He's always been a midfielder as well, right? Like, throughout his whole club career, he's always yeah. been a midfielder. And it, it is, a, I know, like, that middle eight is similar these days, but playing midfield when you're facing the play and you're going towards the post is different to yeah. when you're tracking yeah, back from And when you're, you're not marked, let's exactly, be honest yeah. about it. You pretty much have a free roll, and yeah. that's it. Whereas wing
2: forwards, you don't really. The wing back could decide to follow you around the field. You know... You're, you You just have a free you have it free, and Dierman O'Connor 'Connor 's got such a great engine he you 'd imagine Brendan Harrison a full back, Jar kafferki seems to be gone he was his he was Horan's favoured full back when he was there the last time, but Kafferki seems to have lost his his uh, mojo a little bit. he seems yep. to have slowed down. Brendan Harrison could definitely do a job there, Keith Higgins back in the mix, so yeah Mayo I think will probably have a decent league in comparison to what they had um the last couple of years. Um, what about quickly these Westport lads? Because there are a few Westport lads who James Horan managed got a few FBD games. Is it Fionn McDonough and James McCormick? <coughs> Fionn, M-
1: Fionn McDonough picked up a knock in the. Uh, he was playing for UL and Sigerson, so if, uh, he would have played both the FBD league games. And I saw him against Leitrim. He was in and out, but finished very strongly. And by all accounts, he was decent against Galway as well. Uh, the other James McCormack is Clare Morris, but uh, the other one to look out for is uh, Colin Moran. He's. Uh, I'm not not sure he's in the 26 for the next day, but he's a kind of a small live li- live wire I ah, Forget um, about it. Forget well, about it. Well, we'll see. The <laughs> we'll game's see. moved on from those see.
2: You name a, a little skinny live wire that does well now sm- in the a modern small game. Small stocky live wire, like oh, you know, he's he's strong enough now. too. Like so, okay. you know, All look right. out for him. <laughs> okay, Jamie Clark. Actually, you'd think Jamie Clark doesn't tug out that big, but Jamie Clark's actually a very big man like he's a big fe- he's yeah. a big fella so Killian O'Connor and Tom Parsons are coming back from injury they'll, they'll obviously be back he'd love to see Tom Parsons back at uh, at a high level that's up for debate whether he will or not so it could be Shami O'Shea and Dermot O'Connor at midfield but here's one James Horan I thought was interesting before we move on so this is James Horan after the Galway game we didn't take any long kickouts with the breeze you'd have to look at that we got six points from 14 shots and you'd be disappointed with that return. So there's some of the numbers we'll be looking at. We didn't take any long kickouts with the breeze. I find that amazing at this level that that wasn't even discussed. Like, Is that yeah. like the goalkeeper? You just decide whatever you want to do. And would a manager not say during 20 minutes <laughs> to go, <laughs> get that bloody thing down the field. Or another theory in this is, is during those these preseason games, managers often just let them go out and play and you can be sure James Horne is saying well that goalkeeper's card is marked now I think was it Henley I can't remember why who it was, it was. Henley, yeah. Henley why was he not driving it down the field do he's, you well know well able, With he's well able and like. he's a boomer <laughs> yeah. except down in yeah. the Gaelic grounds not quite booming <laughs> enough but that was still a really long kick in fairness to Henley but I thought it was interesting that he said we didn't take enough we'll do something about
0: that <laughs> <Yeah. to him. laughs> yeah. it's a hard one because keepers are just tuned annoyed, aren't they? Like, to get the ball out to a player as yeah. soon as you can
2: But it's the same Do you remember the All-Ireland Where Cluxton was having uh, Having a, ter- a bad time With his kickers Which is very unusual And Jason Sherlock Went running down to him And yeah. then suddenly Cluxton starts to Every single one short After well, why that Why did you have to tell Cluxton <laughs> yeah. that like, I mean, <laughs> like what's wrong With these goalkeepers yeah. Stra- it's definitely a strange one, but anyway,s listen. Maybe it's just uh, these pre-season competitions, and it's not a big deal. It's hard to know what to say about Dublin lads. They're a machine. They are not at full strength. They could be there for the taking at the weekend away to Monaghan. You have Kilkenny out. You have Brian Howard out, um, and you have who's the other one that's out there that I had a, had a uh, James J- McCarthy and, F- and Conor well, Callahan's yeah. out as well. And they're only back from Mexico, and we know they weren't. Uh, the last time they went away against Cavan I think it was They weren't brilliant at the start And ended up winning But Monaghan are a good bit better than Cavan So it's hard to know lads We kind of covered Dublin a little bit In that they have these few young lads And you know Jim Gavin Will probably make a change or two Just to completely freshen it up And maybe that full back position And that McMahon fella Might be the one to move in there And maybe who oh, Philly McMahon could maybe Feel under a little bit of pressure <sighs> When you get into your 30s Jim doesn't want to know about you You have to remember that
0: yeah, but Philly McMahon has been. <laughs> I is, don't need yeah. to tell you. He like, is one of his warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, it's just. It's very hard. That's probably the most demoralizing thing for a lot of Dublin people, especially the ones on the third panel. And like, it's just so hard to see where where the hell you can get in. And like, if if Bernard Brogan and Paul Flynn are still hanging around, you know, it shows. They're like, back. Yeah, they're back. Yeah, it shows the appetite of everybody there. Like I, I, like from the team last year, at Merchant came in, so we made it a bit stronger. I just don't see yeah.
1: where you really need to fill. I've just given up on the mean Rossi at the start of the league. Yeah. I know they mightn't have been great last year, but the thing about them is, is that for everyone that's injured or taking a break, I think uh, Brian Fenton and Kieran Kilkenny did a bit of travelling. There's somebody else who's thinking this is going to be my year, and I'm going to do absolutely everything in my power yeah. to make it onto that starting fifteen. And they have such a deep panel that there's enough of them to get get by during the league to dish out a couple to of beatings by. during yeah, the but
2: league. But they're going away to Monaghan, who made the All Ireland <laughs> semi final, yeah. who will yeah. more than likely have their full set up if Monaghan Monaghan can't win that game. What is like? What is the point of Gaelic football if Monaghan can't win that? Game? You get me? Like, they, I mean, yeah. they really have to lose this for other teams to think. That, is there any chance? The like, they're, they're missing all their big met, their yeah. big leader men. And they're not at they can't be at full tilt. Whereas Monaghan might have started back last November. And we know how Monaghan treat the league. So if Monaghan we don't see a Monaghan win on Sunday night, go forget about it.
0: Uh, yeah, like let's I, retire the podcast for a year. Yeah. <laughs> we probably should. Like I, I think of Dublin's depth and um, it's been maybe not a great gauge, but remember that underdogs game when they they rounded up the best players around the country? Came to play a Dublin select side just a pile of club players? and he just beat them with 30 points like these are boys who aren't on the Dublin panel and like that's what they can go down to if they have to I heard a thing
2: now obviously I wasn't in this company of a Dublin player that I won't mention but he was in company socialising over the Christmas and he was talking loosely which is very unusual but none of the people that were listening to him talking loosely were any media or anything like that you know so what he was saying was that Cluxton had kind of changed the game in Dublin training so Cluxton he's a school teacher so Cluxton used to land to training at five o'clock training wouldn't start till seven half seven Cluxton be landing at five kicking balls and look at this for preparation next minute Johnny Cooper starts hitting 5 o'clock because he's a you know he's a maniac with preparation okay. suddenly they're out limbering up suddenly this becomes a, a thing now that all the, dub, the, the double lads if you want to impress James you're landing at 5 so now all the double lads are expected to be at training at 5 o'clock. now training doesn't start till 7 and maybe the 5 is an exaggeration but this is what was told you know Chinese whispers but the fact remains that the Dublin lads are out on that field at five or six o'clock with training while other poor feckers are in a car in traffic trying to get down for training this is just a different level it's just a different level and it's just this isn't a criticism of Dublin you always have to qualify that by saying a criticism but like I mean you're getting out there you're limbering up you're doing your recovery you're you're loosening up and then you're getting ready for training and if you were not one of the Dublin lads doing that you'd be wondering Jesus
0: oh
2: I'd say Howard was a banker to have been there early because he, he played a brilliant game last year so it would be interesting to see who didn't go on the Dublin holiday we heard nothing about yeah, it yeah, this yeah, year yeah. but it, that's interesting isn't it like I mean that wouldn't. Happen anywhere else Where ha- How much I could would you
1: do If you Like What training At like half seven You're there at five o'clock oh, I don't Jesus. know <laughs> Thinking about it I don't it, know just, Now
0: like, I am saying The five o'clock yeah, Could be Chinese yeah, yeah. whispers Start def- it off at half six and <laughs> <laughs> five. You know Some managers always say Get there for quarter to Quarter to seven You know Six forty five Four seven I want everybody To start at seven yeah. Don't it's like Five o'clock Four seven <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just I
2: just think it's almost It's gone to a level here Where How are Dublin how can they be beaten when you throw in everything because Declan Coyne this is brilliant so Declan Coyne I was reading yesterday Galloway cornerback so you know how much fighting was going on to get Dublin out of the Croke Park for their Super 8s genuinely think with Dublin dominance they should stop playing their league games there it's not fair but that's for another show so it's going to go to Congress now where they get two Super 8s and you'd imagine surely God it's going to win because like, what county would vote although 11 of 12 Leinster councils voted to keep them in Croke Park for Leinster quarter final because they were promised money. So you don't know what way delegates are going to are going to uh, vote because a lot of them couldn't give a shit about the playing side of it. They want easy money coming from Croke Park. But anyways, so Declan Coyne comes out and says, We're so used to playing Dublin, or Dublin are so used to playing in Croke Park, maybe it's a slight advantage for them. Whereas teams like us wouldn't be playing there every weekend, fair enough, Declan. That makes perfect sense to me. It definitely makes a difference. Maybe semi-finals at least should be played in a neutral venue. So, since there's plenty of grounds around the country that could host a semi-final if the <laughs> GA wanted. It. So, this is the brilliant part about this. Maybe semi-finals at least, at <laughs> least, so at the least now. So we could bring the final out of it. <laughs> well, Look at the <laughs> Oh god, I don't think we're going to get semi-final. No, I don't. There's absolutely no way that an honored semi-final should be taken out of Crow Park, no matter who's in it. Dublin or no one absolutely Super 8 should have won and I think Dublin should absolutely not be allowed to play their league games in Croke Park that should not be it's an unfair advantage but I really appreciate Declan Kind yeah. from one of the big teams actually coming out and saying yeah. that like it was brilliant but uh, we'll move on to Galway here now lads because we again we kind of touched on this as well so the Currafin lads seven Currafin lads have come in this year now I'm not sure how many Currafin lads came in last year but you have um you have Eamon Branigan, Adrian Farley, Paul Conroy They're long term casualties But during the McKenna Cup You had um, Dylan Wall, wing back And you had Arman, Kieran Malloy, mm. the other wing back You had Michael Farreher, um at centre half forward Now none of those three lads run the Galway team last year And in my opinion the two Sweeney's are gone this year as well And I think, to be honest, I think they're slight weak links anyways so if you had McDade and Malai maybe the two wing backs, suddenly you have a massive amount of pace there for Galway, you know, and we know McDade is back. We know Michael Daly's gonna have a full year um this year where he only came back for the championship and there's somebody else back this year as well. Was there was it McDade and somebody else? Um I can't think anyway who who that other one. So you have the Curafin lads actually committing, that was a big thing because Curafin usually told go away and win your try and win oh, the other. Yeah. They were back for the F B D yeah. which I think those Curafin lads like the Napier lads in Limerick are thinking to themselves, "Geez, we were dealt a bad hand last year. We came in late, and none of us really got in outside of Ian Burke, and he only got back in for the championship. This year, we're going to make it look like we're giving more of a commitment, and definitely Carrafin lads strengthen Galway's hand."
0: Yeah, definitely, and I'd say the club are probably supporting that as well. Yeah, we can miss a couple of club training sessions because they want to see more people on the yeah. the Galway panel too. Talk about Kieran Maloy. Like I mean last night again he was, was up in Belfast playing against Queen's for NUIG and he scored a winning point from the sideline 13 metres out like Ridiculous angle outside a little bit Sorry, Liam Silk. He's Liam back Silk, this year. He's back oh this yeah, sorry, from yeah, he's yeah.
2: They're the two lads. Like Liam Silk is a huge player for them. So there's no
0: doubt. Galway have a much stronger hand this year. Yeah, like definitely. And like, I think the more Cardiff players they have, the, obviously mm. the better they are. And that winning mentality is important. Yeah, and yeah. M- uh,
2: the Farahers like I mean, it's I confu- get confused. they Are the twins? I think they. Well, they're very. They look alike, anyways. But I think it's Michael that was playing in the FBD. These like, top top class player Yeah, yeah. They have an yeah. abundance of talent. Galway yeah. Like you have to be seriously concerned. I, I thought
1: they might struggle. Um, I thought they might struggle in the league given the amount of injuries they had. And then I was just looking at the team that they can still put together. Yeah, a forward line with Welsh Comer Burke. Um, I think Im Branigan is gone, but uh, Michael Daly to come back in, which I think is a huge thing. And then Liam still coming back in, Kieran Malloy, because I, I was thinking like obviously from from Mayo point of view, um, it like the big thing is a Connacht this year. I have to be Roscommon to get to a final. But I was thinking that, Oh God, it might be You know Handier Dutch This year Than they might have been But it, it doesn't look like that at all The only thing is that, Like I think Last year They might have Because they were coming up From Division 2 they, they really targeted the league And then Catching teams by surprise Might be a bit much but I think they kind of they don't have that element this year. Yeah,
2: but they don't have Paddy Talley. So I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do think that Kevin Walsh was the reason behind the defensive system. He as just brought, anyway. brought yeah. in Paddy Talley yeah. to implement yeah. this a bit yeah. better. So yeah. maybe Kevin Walsh might might change his tactics. I think he should. Um, I hope he does. Uh, not not drastically, not drastically, but a little bit. Like I mean, because yeah. I remember against Dublin last year they were leaving three forwards up all the time. I think they should be leaving um, one one at least one more. One more than that. Um, Kerry, that's the big one that Tommy Walsh is back in. Um, so, like I mean, the offensive mark would suit him down to the ground. Regardless of the offensive mark, he's a huge... Like, Donaghy retiring, there's a massive role for Tommy Walsh there now. There's no doubt about that. He's a brilliant pair of hands. He's, he's there for the for the high ball. They're riddled with injuries. Jason Foley's out. David Clifford's out. Kevin McCarty's out. Peter Crowley's out. Mark Griffin's out. David Moran's only back from a honeymoon. So they've a whole load of, uh, they've a whole load of fellas out so like I mean it's it's hard to know what Kerry like they've the new manager it's, the five croaks lads are gone yeah. you know what yeah. I mean so like I mean they don't have their full hand here and then you throw Sigerson in which they're all bloody there's a whole rake of them on the the IT release Sigerson team I was reading on Niall yeah. McIntyre had a piece yesterday so like I mean it's hard to it's hard to really judge where Kerry you're going to be at like I mean Peter Keane could actually find himself coming under a little bit of pressure here early in the league.
0: Yeah, well, I was gonna say like Peter Keane has also come out and just said, Ah, the league doesn't really matter to us <laughs> you know, so it's gonna be hard, I think, to really judge Kerry again. For from a new manager though, already.
2: Kerry are crazy. Like you did <laughs> a new manager, no matter who you are, yeah. I remember Raymond Fitzmaurice got off. He had terribly bad leagues yeah. the first two years. It puts that unnecessary I, I, pressure I on you. I said you.
1: that when Peter Keane was saying that before the year. that it's like, well well the league is the league. He was kind of giving it that attitude. But like yeah. that that's easy to say at start the league. If you lose three or four games, you're in danger of Rochford relegation. Got it the Kerry th- fans will be on him. Oh, one yeah. hundred percent. They'll be yeah. like, "What? Who is this guy? Get him out the door." Because they
2: don't look at the bigger picture. No. No matter who. No matter. No matter how many man- times a manager says we're not too bother- bothered about the league, if you're not doing well in the league, the media is going Kerry aren't going well. It just seeps around the whole country and seeps into the county. This isn't going well. Yeah. And that seeps into player, maybe players' confidence levels. Yeah. Like I mean, so I don't, I think don't think Peter Keane is saying he doesn't care about the league necessarily. Like he'll try and win league games, but they're riddled with injuries. They don't have the Crocs lads, and it's a new manager. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if Kerry, they're second favourites to win the league. I think that's outrageous. Second favourites, yeah, yeah. Second favourites. Yeah. Toronto outside them. You'd imagine Toronner a team that could really give the league a push because they're usually flying it for the league They yeah. take it seriously and Mickey Hart in fairness to him wants to win every bloody competition yeah. that he's in so I think Tyrone are 8-1 I would have them ahead of Kerry absolutely um, I hope it's not all Ireland odds I'm after pulling up <laughs> 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 but for relegation um, for relegation we have Roscommon favourites then, and Monaghan then so I think because there's eight teams in there I think Monaghan are like fifth favourites to win it but third favourites to go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're in that kind of middle middle zone lad. so we'll get quick predictions here off you before we move on to Division 2 who's going to win it and who's going to get relegated.
0: Well like I'll stick my neck out right and say Dublin are going to win. Yeah we'll um, all
2: agree on that without wasting our time. The
0: thing about the league is like Roscommon and then Galway last year have both shown that if you target the league you know it's competitive but you can just make inroads like that's yeah. like why Roscommon and Kevin might not Go down, but I'm going to go with Ross Common and Kevin yeah. to go down. <laughs> I think it, it'll be Ross Common. going to be the exact same.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Dublin Ross I, I was thinking Mayo last year. I think Matt Horan. I wasn't far off Mayo last no, year actually, no. um, but I think I'll go with Kevin and Monhan. Right, Division Two. What are we looking at here? Division Two. Yes, this is the greatest Division Two in the history of Gaelic games. That is the that is a fact. <laughs> there is never been a better Division Two. Division Two is better than Division One. It is. Look at it. So you've got Armagh. You've Donegal. You've Kildare. You've Meath. You've Tipperary. And that's not even mentioning Cork from Cork from Man and Clare. Clare came third last year. So at your peril now, write Clare off and start tipping them for relegation. So you've Donegal are one to two. Um, For promotion, they are unbackable favourites. Then you have Kildare at four to one. You have Cork unbelievably third favourites for promotion. (laughs) I have them favourites for relegation. Um, And then you have Armagh at thirteen to two. For promotion. Armagh I think are a really strong team. Relegation, then you have Fermanagh favourites, eight to eleven, you've cleared then eight to eleven, are joint favourites, and then you've Tipperary six to four. Tipperary went really well in the league. This is a this really is a bloodbath this
0: division two. I think Division Two's always been really good though. And maybe I'm looking at it with Derry glasses. Never on. been as good as this, Connor. <laughs> Did you not hear what he said? Derry would <laughs> Cav- at least get
1: promoted next year <laughs> and then it's the best ever. I,
0: I think it needs County Down in there. I think it needs Cavan Ross, Common, all these boys back in as well. Ah, but they went up. Well look th- here's the point. Armagh Who's who came up last
2: year? Armand and Fermanagh. Alright, well Fermanagh like, but Armagh have improved to the point where Armagh look a real force here. Mm. So like and then you have the teams that came down, Donegal and Kildare, to really bump up this. So you've got Donegal, Kildare and Armagh all come into a division that was already
0: strong do you get yeah.
1: me we yeah. we all have the same choices for who's going to win division 1 and who was going to get relegated i don't i think we could all be completely oh, we will we will two. we will definitely division 2 maybe you're on this one
2: will <laughs> it? so arma were i thought they played quite well against Tyrone they went in and out of it and again you can't you can't um you can't really judge a team off uh, like a McKenna Cup game but like I mean you look at Clark and Campbell in a full forward line with Mernon
0: now
2: that is a top 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 class full forward line you have James Morgan back corner back he never gave Peter Hart a bloody kick of it because he's an an an, an outstanding man marker never gave Canavan a kick of it really that ended up walking on his head now that was a mistake that was a like did any of you watch that and and gasp for poor Derek Canavan no when that happened now it was an accident but like I feel protective of Derek Already. son but, of God uh, yeah I was like
0: God, gee, what, what's he doing there <laughs> but he's only a young fella
2: Come on. yeah yeah give the chap a chance <laughs> yeah. there so we are, we're all fans of Derek Hanavan just because of Peter um, so but the one that really stood out for me and is going to throw an absolute extra dimension on Tarmagh this year is Ryan O'Neill so we know about his older brother who was on the panel a year or two but this Rian looks like a real, real player. He's got missiles off the outside of his boot passes so he's going to play, a, I'd say he'll play a centre-half forward. Mm. I think he'll play a Keir McDonald type role. I think he'll give in unbelievable ball into his full forward line. He can score off left and right from distance. That's why I'd play him in a like a John McEntee centre-half forward role. And he'll stick bullets onto the three lads inside and he'll stick high ones onto Mernon if you need it. And the, the advance mark... I think McGeaney should dabble with it like I think he should like I mean it's not that hard because they play a direct style anyways mm. do you know what I mean yeah. so uh, O'Neill on the number 11 the three lads inside and you would be doing well on any county to be finding a better four you know well you will find better but like they that's a division yeah, one for a yeah, division, yeah, and you play yeah. Grimley wing forward. There, another top top yeah. level player, Rory Grugan, around there. Rory as well. Grugan's on the half Is forward it, line too, yeah. and he's a brilliant distributor. So, like, I mean, you've got the makeup of an outstanding forward line there, and all different types of fellas.
0: Yeah, I think you're right about the mark as well. Because Ethan Rafferty's another one on the way back. Like it was him and Mernon last year that were in yeah, full forward line. One. Yeah, No, he probably won't. Rafferty could go him. back to midfield. Yeah, because Campbell and you'd like to think Campbell and Clark will be in there alongside Mernon, but like. That is like it has everything. Remember, Stevie said about three years ago that the Armagh forwards were great, but now you're looking at it going, Jesus, this he was a right, quality. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was just maybe a bit too early, but it's like it's proper players in around there.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. So I think Armagh will have a big say on that division. Like I mean, I think their days of yo-yoing between Division One and Division Two—they're they should be done now. That looks to me
0: like a solid Division Two. Division 2 team It's a difficult start For them though Because they don't have A home game Until the fourth game
2: How is that So oh, they, they got they Kildare got away
0: Then they got punished But they're playing in Uri, which isn't too bad For Armad. They're playing Clare And Yuri And then they've got Meath away So right. the first two away games are Kildare and Meath As well so Yeah it's a tricky start It is a tough start And then I think you factor in I think Mernon's out At the minute Oshin O'Neill's out There's another player That could be coming in Oshin O'Neill um, You know so like it might just be I don't know it might just be a tough start and then you know with the league if you get off to a bad start as well
2: Yeah exactly It's hard to know To talking point about Donegal is obviously the Guido lads are out Stephen Rochford influence like I mean so Stephen Rochford is a coach we know what type of football Stephen Rochford likes Yeah I think this is a really interesting dynamic in Donegal in that Donegal will have been programmed from the Jim McGuinness era in Jim McGuinness football Carl Lacey is a coach now has been a coach he is programmed now while they did like evolved their game a little bit last year they're still programmed so we saw them against Dublin when they're losing they're still playing that same kind of dropping lads back now they leave maybe three forwards up two forwards but they're trying to get up and support them more than they were and they're using the kick pass more Paddy McBriarty's back I would say the likes of um, Lacey the likes of Bonner will never have seen an angle like maybe Rothford is coming at it you know what I mean like it's a totally fresh thing that I can see um, I can see Rochford having a brilliant influence on, on Donegal I, I think that they have the, we, I've said this last year they have the size they have the athleticism they have the kickers they have the footballers to compete I think they need to get away from that defensive style uh, within reason and I think they need to leave some of these brilliant forwards they have up there up there and I think they'll do that with Rochford and I think he might throw a rabbit we know what he's like he's yeah. a, a risk taker Rochford and I don't think Donegal are traditionally risk takers, well, you know, they're, uh, it's, they're more conservative. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I, He has a lot of convincing to do because I think Declan Bonner would have would have made kind of roads to try and move away from that style of play. And yet, as you said, as the kind of season went on, they kind of just reverted back to type just because it's so programmed into them. Do you know what I mean? So, But like, yeah, like they absolutely have the tools to play the way Rochford wants. And I, I think with that in mind, I think that dropping to Division 2 might not necessarily be the worst thing for Donegal because... Um, it like even though Division Two, as we've said, is like is so competitive, it mightn't be let's say as cutthroat or ruthless an environment as Division One, where you lose a couple of games and then you you tend to get a bit conservative because all you're thinking about is survival. Yeah. So with 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 kind of the, with the Guido lads out and with I don't think Paddy McMurtry is back for the league, is he? I, I no, think he's out for the, league, th- yeah. Yeah. Out for the league. I think he's right. out for the league. They're kind of bringing him back, so there there has to be an element of experimentation with Donegal So um, it just I, I I would really like to see them because as I said, I just with the kind of with the ball players they have and with the kind of big men that they have yeah. exactly I, I think that the kicking game is the way to go I just, I, I'll wait until I see it happen Yeah you know? they
2: have potentially an outstanding kicking game now see when I talk about kicking game like I'd all on for my defenders Playing off the shoulder Running Supporting the man on the ball But when you get out of that crowd You know when you go past the half back yeah. line And now you're into open yeah. space I want that kick
1: then Yeah That's like your not, first instinct Not to hand pass Or not to take another hopper Don't be solo. messing
2: with that But I do think the hand pass is vital in a defence To get out of oh that yeah. To get out of that traffic But when you're out of the traffic If I see a fella then Put the head down solo And not giving it to a half forward to move that ball through those lines that's where I have a problem yeah. that's how I'd like the team I would be coaching playing use the hand pass get yourself out you're in open ground now boom get that ball down there they're big strong men they can win that for you and then they can give it inside and the full forward line is not going to move until the half forwards actually get out and get, win those balls then you're giving tasty ball into them and then you're through those lines the way it is now it's, just, it's, it's, it's very me- it's all running you yeah, know what I mean yeah. see when does the full forward actually know Right I'm making a break here I'm getting this Because that's the game plan I know I'm running This isn't by chance That this lad's going to kick it I know he is because these are the instructions we're yeah. giving do, do you see the difference yeah. Yeah. sometimes you see teams and you see like a lad's out in that open ground and then he's running on with it he might run into trouble and throw it back and th- that move's gone yeah. so like I mean you know and then another lad might kick it and the half forward might get it and instead of giving it in he'll recycle it or he'll do something it's like wh- what's these lads game plan like what are these lads actually trying to achieve here
0: yeah it's, it's all it's all running and then it depends on Patrick McBurty scoring 10 points he against might Gary. loop around on the loop yeah on the loop. I hope yeah. he does that ten times and kicks it over his shoulder like you know, and then I think their biggest weakness was exposed when obviously he was gone after the Ulster final and then it was all eyes on Jamie Brennan and it was like can he be that man for us and he's he would be an amazing forward as part of a, a, as part of a Stephen Rochford system where yeah. it was actually using the forwards and they were going through these processes and stuff and yeah. that's where someone like him can flourish but I just worry a little bit for Donegal with Michael Murphy he's out for the first half of the league apparently as well Frank McGlynn I think as well Frank you know. McGlynn as well so you know I just it might be a bit of a and the Greedoar lads yeah that's
1: quite a lot like and then you
2: throw the Sigerson' like, given out about the Fitzgibbon because all the hurling managers are given out about the Fitzgibbon mm. the football managers haven't given out too much but like I mean when you see especially the four counties that we're picking that have uh, provincial club champions you throw Sigerson onto that and then the few injuries every county has and then you're down to the bloody bare bones it's a disaster but we may move oh no we'll get predictions on this here lads because this will be interesting so um, I'll start this off lads and I will still go Donegal and for me it is a toss up between Kildare and Armagh to go up as well and I'm going to go for Donegal and Kildare to go straight back up that's me now even Kildare we didn't talk about them Daniel Flynn is gone um, and they've a few other injuries um, as well and Niall Kelly's going travelling and things like that but they have the under 21s coming up um, and they might have enough lads to bridge that gap but again it's like Tipperary could easily get into that mix they're looking fairly decent this year as well
0: so I'm going for the two favourites I'm going to go with Armagh and Donegal uh, and I'm only going with Donegal just because I saw Declan Bonner's quotes uh, today. He was talking about how they want to win every game and they want to go up and I was like, Whoa, that's a bit bullish. You know, maybe most of the time people are playing things down, especially when you have McBirthday and Michael Murphy going. But um yeah, so he's he's won me over, so I'm gonna go for Donegal and Armagh Yeah, okay.
1: uh Donegal Kildare for me. Donegal
2: Kildare, right, relegation lads, I'm going for Mead and Fermana. So apologies to Mead But I did tip them last year to go down And again I wasn't far wrong So don't Listen don't start criticising me now <laughs> um, So I'll go Mead and
0: Fermanagh to go down I'll go um, I'm going to go Mead and Cork
2: Mead and Cork Yeah Cork yeah. Are definitely I, Jeez Mead and Cork boys, The two traditional guys. I,
1: yeah. I, I was thinking Cork as well Because um, just, just on the Like not a whole lot of evidence Of what's happened between, before the league but I'm going to go with Cork and Fermanagh.
2: Cork and Fermanagh, right. OK, that's fair enough. So we'll move on to Division 3. We might have to move through this, lads, because Jesus Christ, we're, we're, <laughs> we're going to... Ta- I hate these league previews. You could actually be here <laughs> for three hours talking about it. So, like, I mean, the two the favourites here to go up, lads, are down at 10 to 11. Leisure second favourites at 5 to 4. Then Westmead. For relegation, you have Loud and Carlow are the two favourites um to go down. Very hard to look past the... Uh, What Paddy Power in fairness to him has Down obviously interesting with Paddy Talley getting the top top job for the first time we know that he in recent past has favoured defensive football, with Down in 2010 didn't favour defensive football, with Tyrone in 03 didn't favour defensive football, favoured intense tackling and all that but that's fine He's brought Benny Coulter in who I think Benny went off Twitter and came back on it but Benny is a huge um, critic of defensive football being the player that he was he hated it so it's interesting that he's in there it's also interesting that Jerome Johnson is back anyways it's interesting that Ryan Johnson um, started both games in the McKenna Cup at wing back would have know, most of us would have known him as a number 15 or a number 11 He's a tasty player, really really comfortable on the ball I always wondered he kind of highly rated But not a top level forward in my eyes But he yeah. apparently he's played all his football at underage A wing back So I can picture him being a decent forward at, A good forward at inter-county level But an outstanding attacking wing back yeah. you know, So like yeah. I mean Tally is probably an innovator So it'll be interesting to see what
0: he's going to do um, with them almost like Donegal it's, I think it's a good thing that they've gone down a level because they've lost a, a lot of players I mean Mark Poland Aidan Carr and Peter Turley have retired yeah well, no Turley wasn't asked in
2: was he not yeah, asked in I was reading quotes well, here. Assume he's retired well, but listen to this from Peter Turley not to cut you off I just saw this right so Peter Turley was given word he didn't make the panel so he's 35 he's a big huge mm. man so he says "Ah, it wasn't great to get it that's the news but everybody has to get it at some stage Paddy wanted to go with the youth this year and I'm fine with that he says I'm 35 now it's time for younger boys to come in but it's never nice to hear it I wish Paddy good luck and hope everything goes well I really do that lovely from that's a fellow uh, yeah. who's yeah. been around for such a long time and got a phone didn't retire yeah. like I think Paddy Talley should have rang him and says, do you want to announce your retirement because that happens as well and yeah. just let him go out without having not yeah. made the panel but he was, lo- he was great about that but go on yeah, continue No it's
0: really good like, but you had that's the fact that they have like Anthony Doherty missing now. He was a free taker last year, the wing back. He's in Australia. Shane Miller, that energetic wing forward, oh, he's yeah. in Australia as well. Full back, Burnman, Stevie's man, Jared McGovern, Australia. So a the riddle then. Do you know, So that's like six, you know, would have been like important players for them last year. So I still think they'll be all right for Division 3. And I know that Paddy Talley, looking at the McKenna Cup squads that he's been using, has just been casting the net wide. But, and they still have like especially for this level, Kevin McKernan and Mooney, Conroe Do you know all these players' don't yeah. know Harry Con Harrison, Harrison yeah. yeah, I know they're still a very good team. they play leash
2: this weekend at home on Saturday night, so that's a huge game, It's a terrible draw that Leash got the hardest
0: team in the whole division away, yeah, so you know that's that's probably. There's one forward that's showing up well for them, Pat Haven. Uh, man scored one three against Cavan, two three against Queens. He's been in and out in the past, so all you right. know maybe it's somebody to be looking. So that's one to look out for. Yeah, Leash are the other
2: kind of uh, second favourites there. Gary Walsh, Nile Donohue, Darren Strong, all gone off the panel. Strong and Donaher retired. Gary Walsh was dropped. To have Conor Boyle, Catterhealy and Garrett, uh, Con- Colin Boyle, Catterhealy come back in from Port Leash so you have David Seal in from Port Leash as well so they're three very good players from Port Leash I think all three will start I think Kevin Meany's back from retirement which will add some strength to it and we think Garrett Dillon who played cornerback last year and played so well he was so outstanding for Port Leash and has been wing forward I'd imagine he'll go into the forwards Devon Adam Campion from St Joseph's who might get in cornerback Healy obviously might get in cornerback as well or maybe in the halfback line I think Leash are stronger this year they're a year on um, you know so
1: I meant to ask away, Did anyone did, did did like did Peter Sugug or John Sugug or get much out of the trials? You know the trials that they have. I, I, I didn't hear much about them. Like I mean, yeah. you don't
2: follow these trials. So like I mean, I, I, listen, we I thought they were a great idea, hmm. but as far as I'm concerned, now I'm not as as on top of leash Club football as I was. But there's n- you know all the good players is in Leeds yeah, you know that yeah, kind yeah. of thing d- I think
1: that's the case in nearly every county yeah. and what those trials do is removes I, the, 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 the removes people being the able whingy, to say yeah. you're, you're not checking everybody out my we lad are, never got a here chance we are Yeah, right yeah. Right.
2: but you do you know them all because they've come up from underage like I mean yeah. Yeah, very rare you get it like I've talked about this before a burn cup these lads getting their chances and you know they're not going to take it because they weren't good enough last year they're not going to be good enough this year so like I mean that's my thoughts on that Westmead obviously have a new manager they have Jack Cooney and Pascal Kellehan, who is a good uh, highly rated coach he was in with Tipperary he's in with Westmead now they've no John Heslin for the league that's why uh, that'll count against them. Um, Loud and Carlo are the two favourites um, to go down I, it's a funny feeling the Carlo rising and the whole feel good and their system might be enough to get three wins that would probably keep yeah. them up I'd be looking more at Sligo or Loud maybe to go down we'll we'll take predictions on this lads I'm going I'm going with jeez lads I'm being very um, I'm being very uh, boring this time. I've gone with favourites nearly on every division. I'm going down in leash to go up here, lads. Leash your second favourites, yeah. Leash your second mm. favourites. Then Westmead. I think uh, Longford, of course, won't have the, the lads until February. Although they'll probably lose the Croaks, and they'll have them back for a lot of the league. I think that there's there's a lot. I, th- I don't think Carlo will go down. I think Leash and Down will go up. I think uh, like you could it could be a toss up here, lads, between Sligo Offaly and Loud so I think like let's go Sligo and let's go Sligo and Loud to go down for me
0: um, Down and Leash for me I like Sugru I'm a big Sugru man the, the, remember the last time we all tipped Leash to go up to 2 they went down then to 4, to four. Yeah. <laughs> it was the same with me with Derry the last 2 years I think they were division <laughs> 2 I tipped them to go to 1 they went to 3 then they were in 3 I tipped them to go to 2 then they went to
1: 4 Jesus
0: Um. so but yeah Leash and Down and I'm going to go awfully and Sligo to in Sligo, right? So, are you are anyone going no. with the Carlo Rising?
2: No, I do, I do think defensive systems at this time of the year they're a nightmare to play
0: against. You oh, yeah, can't yeah, get away yeah. from these lads. I don't think they'll go down at all. Yeah, I think that that's, that's way up for Man in Division Two. I thought they'll. That's stay true, up and, and they're yeah. the
2: same thing. Like it's just a nightmare to play th- when they get hands on and a slippery ball, yeah. and you can't use your pace. Like in the summer you have a much better chance to to work through them whereas in the winter you don't have the fitness you don't have the the ball handling skills and the ball's wet and they're flying it they're taking the league like the All-Ireland they got their three hand pass rule uh, thrown out so I think they're happy I think they'll stay up
1: Yeah I'll go for down and uh, I was going to say Westmead but John hasn't being out is a big thing but maybe I'll stick with them to go up And Offaly and Sligo as well To go down
2: Offaly and Sligo to go down. Okay right So Division 4 Very quickly lads um, Obviously Derry's the big one here Conan Any news coming out of there Or will we just talk about Leitrim ah.
0: Yeah, talk about Leitrim if you want that. Uh, like <laughs> Lynch, Sean Leo McGoldrick um, and Carlos McWilliams are gone from Derry but they've brought back in Thomas Mallon class goalkeeper Gareth McKinless and Ryan Bell from Ballon Derry Ryan Bell
2: not in there last year no? he's a no, good player
0: but he's been in like before he's yeah. a really good player so is Gareth McKinless and Sammy Bradley from Slotkneil centre half forward he's so back, in well. back in as right. well and they'll have the Slotkneil lads
2: obviously no distractions with them yeah. which will be a big thing look Derry are going back up there Like, I mean, unless it's a complete disaster and the question is who goes back up with them I'm going with Leitrim Lads, I'm going to say Leitrim are going to get back up. Antrim, obviously, another team that were close last year. Leitrim have Terry Hyland in as manager. Um, they've Jason O'Reilly in as a coach. They're coming off a good year last year for Leitrim to beat New York. They beat Loud at home in Carrick and Shannon. I think teams like Leitrim need this injection of a new manager to get everybody on board. Every year, Leitrim panel evolves and changes. Like It must be heartbreaking because of coming from Dublin and... like. Every manager's second year to lose a whole lot of fellas, but the yeah. first year to yeah. get that bump. And I think Leitrim have good players, and I think that Leitrim really have to get up, and I think that they might.
1: It's funny to say that about the kind of changing panels. I was at the Mayo Leitrim game, uh, the first game of the FPD, and I couldn't get over the amount of players that Leitrim had togged on the pitch like I know they can only name 26 or whatever they must have had 40 players out warming up beforehand Uh, and to be like you can't read too much into an FPE game but they are actually quite impressive uh, on the day I remember Think it's out. Shane Moore was at midfield. Leitrim clean Mayo mid- out of midfield in the second half. And Ryan O'Rourke, he got one goal and he made the second, or he could have got two goals on the day. Really impressive. Nice. But I remember James Horan saying afterwards that he wasn't surprised because he said that Leitrim have done more, as much, if not more, work than anyone at this stage. So Terry Highland and, and Jason O'Reilly as he said, are obviously um, obviously getting the work done. It's funny, I, I was just looking stuff up about Leitrim beforehand and I saw a headline in the Leitrim Observer. It says, No promotion promises, but Highland promises Leitrim will try. <laughs> so there you go that, that's as good as that's as good as a guarantee for me because yeah, other
0: up. managers
2: didn't try so there you go so, but no promises I can't promise to in public they've four home games lads that's another thing they've Wexford at home Antrim at home London and Waterford at home that's a big thing Carrick and Shannon I made my league debut in Carrick and Shannon at full forward would you believe and that might not sound weird but at the time I'd never played in the forwards for Leitch before so it's a big one scored a point after about 35 seconds and Fine then got it. taken off in the second half and it started so brilliantly and then it just kind of fizzled out but it's a boggy ground Target and it,
1: do that to you. it's not an easy place to go <laughs>
2: and that's definitely chalked down as one of them so yeah I'm going to go um, Derry and Leitrim to go up
0: yeah you stole me thunder I was going to talk Leitrim up here I thought I'd have the you know geez, he's really got something on us here we all Google Leitrim <laughs> yeah. saw the Terry Highland and went yes yeah. we're all over we're all yeah, over this. I was talking to someone in Leitrim as well and they were like "Geez, we really fancy our chances this year and I think when you add in that this is a very weak Division 4 like apart from Derry it's like it sounds very disrespectful but it's like a default now we need to mention
2: Wexford too right because they went down from 3 last year and you know Wexford uh, have got some good footballers traditionally so like they're definitely going to be in the mix it'll be Leitrim or Wexford probably to go up but you fancy Derry to go up see Antrim are there as well I do think Waterford Wicklow London Limerick are probably are the weak ones but the other four Antrim Derry Wexford and Leitrim They'd be the four stronger teams yeah. in oh, that career. If Derry career. aren't
1: going up, there's something, Jesus, <laughs> there's something badly don't. wrong. Yeah. Derry and Leitra
2: for me, too. All right, we've gone to town in that. Same as you, Conan Yeah. All right, OK. Listen, we'll we'll do Paddy Power Predictions next. <laughs> Derry, great to finally get the interview, yeah? Oh, really, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> why, why is it you, great? Why do you not do many interviews? I don't know really. I must not been asked to do a whole while. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me?
1: And we, I know we spoke about the defensive side of things. If you're coming in and you want to be, if you want to be the woolly Parkinson and
2: and just play for yourself, and, wait, and an intercounty corner forward isn't just. Yeah. Sp- Hatching inside, either. He's, no, you know, no, he's, no. He's, yeah, unfortunately for you, <laughs> it won't last forever. You can ask ex-players that. You can ask, her, you know, that yourself, fully Yeah, um, mine never started at yeah, all. Well, that. <laughs> that's, that's neither here nor there. We're starting off with Division One, we've Mayo, Roscommon, McHale Park, and this is the Air Sports, like I mentioned at the start of the show. Um, have to fancy Mayo at home here. Uh, full, huge crowd in McHale Park. James Horan, feel good factor bloody very strong team yeah. um, to beat Roscommon I think most of us agree with that Roscommon are a, a kind of an interesting one in that they did well in that FPD that you can't really read any, anything into but the one thing I have here that Cunningham needs to start off with is with his strength and conditioning because I don't think Galloway are at the physical or Roscommon are at the physical level that the big teams were and that was proven against Tyrone last year former Dublin underage player Noel Flynn is their strength and conditioning coach he's from Lucan Sarsfields and he, was, he played for Manute in the Sigerson Cup so he's an ex-player now they don't just need to improve their actual size they need to improve their fitness mm. they need to be able to go like Peter Hart can go and like Tiernan McCann can go they need to follow those, those runners track those runners and it looked to me last year in Crow Park they did not have that conditioning I don't always mean conditioning by the size of your yeah. arms or your shoulders I mean that power yeah. and I remember Alan Brogan telling me before that Dublin have gone all to power like all the weight's they do is all about power and I, like when i think of power i'm thinking of doing weights but jumping with them you know yeah, what i mean yes. doing that having that explosive power in your legs because whatever dublin are doing you need Works. to co- you need to copy that <laughs> yeah. and it has to be about power and that's when that power kicks in in minute 50 when you're, when you know, when you need that, mm. and Ross Common for me don't have that, so yeah. I don't want to be too critical of him, but they didn't look like they had it. Now sometimes it can look like that when you're losing
1: badly that you just give up. Yeah, but they just didn't look conditioned like the others. Yeah. They just maybe
2: Kevin, it's the jerseys or something. They just didn't look conditioned. Kevin
1: McStay said as much after both after they lost to Tyrone last year. He said we're not up to their condition. And he said the same after they lost to Mayo in the replay in 2017. We said we just can't go. We just can't. We just can't compete with their level of conditioning, which I thought was a fairly frank and worrying admission. Worrying that admission when been with them for a while, like yeah. But uh, they were very physical actually against Galway in the FPD. Um, it was very um, rambunctious by all accounts, and they they kept Galway to three points from play. I think Cunningham might be going a bit defensive. Mayo need to win this. Uh, they need to win at home against Roscommon. They need to win at home against Cavan. They're like two home games in their first three games, really winnable games. Mayo didn't win a game at home last year. Uh, in uh, in the league, I don't think are I didn't. Did they have a champ? yeah They lost a goal in the championship, so they didn't win a game at all. Michael Park Godley is their bogey ground, despite being their yeah. home ground. So really need a win. Sorry. Yeah,
2: really. We'll all go Mayo here, lads. Will we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Leash down in Park Elser. I'm going to go for down here. I don't think Leash on the road. I think Kingston and Begley are both uh, injury doubts. So without Kingston and Begley, I don't think Leash will be able to beat down away just to travel. Everything involved in it. If they did they're practically promoted as far as I'm concerned
0: and that's what Down will be thinking as well I was just going to say that's why I think Down will win because they will just target this one win this match and we're sort of almost working backwards and it's yeah. all downhill then yeah. Know, so. okay. yeah down for me all
2: going down right so Saturday night the last game Saturday night is Waterford Wicklow that's in Farher Field at 7 o'clock just I'm, I, this is a toss up I'm going to go for Waterford just from the home advantage yeah because well, I can just remember one of their games last year <laughs>
0: they yep. had a good win against Wexford so yeah Waterford. Waterford
2: yeah okay exactly well now Wicklow beat Offaly so Cotton, oh. Conan if you want to talk about good wins this was this <laughs> yeah. was a sensational win um, so then Sunday we're looking at Kerry Tyrone for Sturl Stadium this is a fantastic game um, I don't think Peter Hart worked at full forward against Armagh but like I was saying Moran is an outstanding uh, back but it, it definitely showed that Tyrone are trying something different, and I don't think Tyrone was a, a majorly um, defensive as they had been before. I think we'll probably see a more attacking Tyrone team this year. I think Tyrone could beat Kerry based on what we see from the injuries Kerry have and the Crokes lads out. Kerry weren't great last year. Galway beat them there last year in the league at home. Now um, it depends how Peter Keane has taken the league. I'll go for Tyrone as outsiders in this one.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think Tyrone at all levels, club and kind county, of, just seem to love trying to be Kerry now I think they yeah. sort of like they're living up to that idea that they have like the, the Indian sign over Kerry and I think they'll be well up for it I don't, I don't know if Kerry will be like I think yeah, I
1: think they're win. Yeah, I'm going to just because I have evidence for Tyrone with the McKenna Cup, yeah. and I have very little evidence for Kerry. And just with all the injuries, I, I think Tyrone, I think, yeah, I think, I don't think they're favourites, but I, I'd be fancying Tyrone for it's
2: this. Are, one. It's very close, actually. Paddy Power has Kerry, slight favourites, 10 to 11, and Tyrone are outside at 11 to 10, so it's practically even money. So that's why this is pretty much a toss up. The next one, then, we're looking at is Monaghan Dublin. So, like, I mean, every year we talk about Monaghan and they're written off, and, like, I mean, they don't do it, and they keep kind of uh, proving yeah. us wrong. They're just behind Mayo, Kerry and Dublin as the longest surviving members of Division 1, which is a great stat for them. Like I said, they have to win this game tomorrow. They have to. They're 9-4 to outsiders with Dublin 4-9 to according to Paddy Power. I'm going for Monaghan win tomorrow. Are you? Yeah. Whoa. Or Sunday, not tomorrow. I <laughs> 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 should have said, but Dublin on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Dublin, yeah. I, I don't think... I, I know they haven't been playing in the Auburn Cup, but I don't think... Do you want us to
2: have to retire this yeah. podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I don't.
0: Um, I, I just don't think they would have been doing... I know he's noticed as well, but they wouldn't have been doing nothing. They'll be still prepared for Division 1 and maybe don't have the right amount of games under their belts, but... Even judging from the Cavan game last year, after ten fifteen minutes, he just started getting back into the swing of things, and they're just too good.
1: Yeah. Farewell to the jr, but I'm going with Dublin. <laughs> Dublin as well, <laughs> yeah. right?
0: Okay, so there you go. Jeez, I've
2: gone. I've I've changed completely. I'm going for underdogs here now. So Galway Cavan is the next one. Talked about Galway. Um, Mickey Graham is obviously the new Cavan manager. He has Michael Argue. Do you remember him? He's a he's a huge yeah. giant, about mm-hmm. six foot five. He's back. Jerry Smith and Jack Brady they're all back now Jerry Smith is an interesting one I was told because at wing back he was the best of all junior twenty ones that came through it just hasn't happened for him at senior and he wasn't there last year so he's back so that's an interesting one Johnny Johnson broke his arm but I'm not sure he was going back anyway Keen Mackey is back because um, I saw him doing a media thing there uh, recently. Okay. So, like, I mean, Cavan will definitely improve, but they won't beat Galway in Pierce Park. The betting for this is four to eleven, and uh, for
0: Galway and Cavan are five to two outsiders. Are we going all Galway here, lads? Yeah, like, you're. You're right. Your three year plan would have been bang on. If Dublin weren't so bloody good, like that was it. I I, I laughed at you at the time, but the Galway are <laughs> absolutely brilliant. They're and probably d- the didn't, pretenders. Didn't I say that?
2: only recently that I was I didn't know about the new crop of Dublin's I was thinking with Flynn, Brogan, Connolly and all these lads mm. gone we haven't mentioned Connolly he looks like he's gone this year as well but doesn't seem to be affecting them like Rory O'Carroll gone Philly McMahon I was thinking he'll be gone in three years yeah. you know I was thinking all these brilliant stalwarts Michael Dary McCauley would probably be gone Sure, that Galway are no closer to winning it. Now, for me to win that bet, if they get to the All Ireland final, does that bet? Do, no, do? no. I well, do. like I don't a Dublin know. are unbeatable, right? <laughs> so, I, like, I mean, only if Dublin. Yeah, yeah. Ah, fair play, Conan. You're giving me something there. All right. <laughs> money why back. am I giving you that? <laughs> <Your> money back. <laughs> You're me There's a
0: good piece <laughs> you, about Jim McConville in Irish uh, News. Uh, Caro Kane did it, talking to Kieran McFall, Derry player who played with him out Donegal Boston. Right. Just talking about his attitude and stuff. Yeah. Why he was doing yoga every morning and just lifted the sort of standard for everybody else. I and asked. Um. I asked. I asked a fella
2: Donegal Boston because I played with them I said what's Connolly like because I'd been hearing rumours about Connolly since he'd come back I said what was he like out in America he said lovely fella excellent uh, fella played brilliantly for us everybody liked him couldn't say anything nicer about Connolly so like I mean people need to remember that as well because yeah. the, the poor Connolly is is subject to the rumor mill more than any other footballer, yeah. and like I mean, if you're to listen to Poxy rumor mill, you could be thinking different things yeah. about players, but from my direct Information, a great fella couldn't yeah. say would love to get the fella back out like you I mean that's, that's two months out in America and like if you want to be if you want to mess out there you can yeah. do you know that kind of I'm way just so I mean,
1: I'm just impressed that Conor managed to shoehorn G- Jeremy Connolly into a conversation about <laughs> Galway and Kevin
2: <laughs> I mistakenly mentioned yeah. it I
1: mistakenly mentioned it uh, Galway
2: for me <laughs> yeah, all Galways Right, Division 2 lads, Clare at home to Donegal. This is a real banana skin for Donegal because again, Ennis isn't the greatest place to go. Clare will really be up for this. I think Donegal will just about pip it because they just, Donegal, I see Donegal as one of the real forces in Gaelic football and the real forces don't play, ply their trade in Division 2. So Donegal just simply have to get out of this division and for that reason, whether it's great logic or not, Clare 3-1, Donegal or 1-3, it is a difficult place to go, I fancy Donegal.
0: Yeah, Ulster champions And they're probably a bit upset That they didn't make the semi-finals last year So I think they need a big year I'm really interested to see Stephen Ratchford effect And I think it'll start showing
1: That 3-1 stood out for me No more than the Monaghan being 9-4 The the Clare being 3-1 stood out I still think Donegal will win But I thought it was long
0: Yeah
2: Clare after doing so well at home last year And came third in the league Right Fermanagh Cork is the next one one. Fermanagh are 7-4 outsiders lads here. This is the bet of the weekend Look no further so you go for mana d- monaghan double there, lads. You'll be doing a nice little uh, little bet. So for mana Cork, seven to four, Cork or four to seven. Cork are kind of in a bit of a shambles at the moment. Colin O'Neill, Donnick O'Connor are both gone. Um like I mean, we know we know how much of a shambles they were in the championship last year. Having beaten Tipperary, uh having a, had a good performance against Tipperary to come out the next two days and just completely uh throw in the towel just w- we're shamb- shambolic now in fairness for men are not full strength Seamus Quigley's not part of the panel this year and Gallagher Gallagher wouldn't give any further detail outside of saying he's no longer part of the panel Tomás Corrigan is off travelling Um Gallagher says we wanted to get a bit of fresh, freshness to things this year the boys looked after themselves fairly well I wouldn't say they're super fit but we're confident that if we keep training and the attitude is good we'll be okay so maybe they're not hitting the league really hard I think the shoulder will go down so like I mean Brewster Park another hard place to go I can't see anything other than the Fermanagh win here lads even though that they're outsiders at 7-4 to four.
0: yeah and going Fermanagh as well that's an amazing bet
2: Yep Same as make a three Okay last one then This is the game of the weekend Kildare and Armagh Two great football teams um, Be a high, This is going to be A high scoring game I've no doubt about it Really really tough one to call Jeez everywhere's a hard place to go Kildare have a great record In, in Newbridge lads So I think this will be A very close one But it's, Kildare will just edge it
1: I agree I think I might go for Armagh Actually I think Kildare have A load of injuries um, so I just think uh, And Daniel Flynn Missing as well I think our man Might spring a surprise there
2: Okay right perfect Last one in Division 2 Then is Mead And Tipperary um, Tipperary George Hannigan Has retired But they have Everybody else Is back again this year And Tipperary Always fly the load of radar Because they're not A traditional county And it's just like Oh Tipperary You think of hurling mm, Immediately yeah. But like I mean He's got two fellas in Paddy Fien And Paul Maher Who didn't make The hurling panel Under Liam Sheedy Paddy Feen is an All-21 winning um, Hurler But he's got the two of them in. So he's improved his panel. Um, Only Hannigan has left. Everybody else is back in. And, like, I mean, Tipperary were one of the best teams in the league last year. Like, Armagh went and lost to them away in Semple Stadium. It is a bit of a a problem for Tipperary in that nobody goes to support them in Semple Stadium. And it's not like it's a hard place to go because it's a beautiful pitch. So it's like the good teams will go down there and go, how lovely, ah, lovely. (laughs) 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 So, like, I mean, I fancy Tipperary to win this. I think Mead are not going well. They're nowhere near the force they used to be. And they're going to need another two or three years Because they've got things right At underage I don't think When you have a Meade team Not able to beat Dublin's third string Now again I've just read into it A Burn Cup Which I shouldn't have Um, But I'll go for Tipperary To win away here
0: Yeah I think this division Could sort of split Into two I think it'll be Tipperary Kildare sort of Arma and Donegal around the top like, so I think Tipperary will start that claim I'm, oh.
1: not, a, I'm not a whole lot of Evans I'm going for Mead because they're home right early.
2: okay um, Division 3 Carlo Sligo Dr. Cullen Park going for Carlo this is the exact reason I think Carlo will stay up because they'll beat the likes of Sligo at home I think that's <laughs> pretty much all I want to say there what do you think lads yeah Carlo Carlo okay Offaly Westmead go for Westmead in this one again Offaly are just not the, the kind of force that they used to be Westmead to win that one Westmeath. Westmeath. Loud Longford. Loud are at home, lads, against Longford. Longford don't have the Mulden, the, Hock, the lads. Both t- counties have new managers. This is a different one, to, difficult one to call, but if Loud are going to get a win, it might be against Longford um, at home.
0: C- can we go for a draw? Have you, have you we can, we? yeah. Yeah, I'm going to throw in a draw for the first time of the year.
2: Loud. You're going for loud. Okay, so we'll go into Division 4 then quickly. Leach from Wexford we're all going to go for Leitrim there at Imagine Lads because we've all tipped them After to get out them up, yeah. London, Limerick um, again a toss up we'll go, I go London at home to home advantage Limerick kind of heading over to London yeah London I yeah. won't say going on the beer but Antrim Derry then this could be this, this is a difficult one for Derry in that it's uh, like a bit of an Ulster kind of I don't know arm wrestle in February in a boggy pitch and Antrim getting loads of lads behind the ball and you'd still have to fancy Derry when we all fancy him to get out not at
0: all Derry Derry will beat them handy yeah. okay. they're just staying for us next week when I'm sure <laughs> <wind laughs> the will
1: go Conor Derry
2: okay. well listen there you go so there's all the predictions right that's all we've time for I'd say we've definitely gone over time um, uh, this week we'll be back on Monday um, we'll be reviewing the two games that's on TV which I said are Mayo Roscommon and Dublin Monaghan so two great ones to have a look at on, on Monday and we'll talk to you then I'm sure Keane Ward will be back for that alright good luck
0: It took me a
1: long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're, both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county journeys. But these
0: fellas get such a f-ing shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their ashes for
2: years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.